0: The Theonauts, episode 45. The one where we're back in the studio.
1: Ow! The
2: Theonauts
1: podcast. Christian news from around the globe.
0: In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter.
1: Explore the vast reaches of God's word.
0: Hello all you Theo Knotheads out there, and welcome to our first ever voicemail show. Yeah, I'm Jeremiah. Oh wait a minute, I'm not.
2: <laughs> Whoa, mind <laughs> switch there for a second. I'm David Gaddy I'm Jer right? Yeah. I- okay. I'm Jeremiah
0: Orr. And together we are the, the Theonots. I don't know what's going on. Me
2: neither. It's been a week and yeah. now we're all missing.
0: You, and, and you're just like out of the pocket this past week and everything. So <laughs> enjoying Let me get lunch. a drink there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Yes, I have been out of pocket. I've been in Kansas. Yes, with my father, I bought him a gun for his birthday. It was awesome. Oh wow! What'd you get him? Uh, Glock seventeen uh, with a fully automatic. No, oh. semi-automatic. But I did shoot an AR fifteen. Yeah. Last week, yeah. And it was the most powerful feeling I've ever ha- had in my entire life. That's a smooth shooting gun. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I shot literally a pin, like a writing pin, uh-huh. in half. From like almost a hundred yards. Wow! My uh, brother-in-law he has a he has a sight that's like a red dot, so like, it's like playing Call of Duty. It's like you can switch <laughs> right. out the different, and it's a bright red
0: mm-hmm. dot,
2: you know. And you put the dot on the thing and pull the trigger, and it's like shooting a twenty-two. Wow! So yeah, I uh, I'm quite a marksman. I figured out <laughs> quite a marksman. So, wow! Yeah, well, that's,
0: that's awesome fun. to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Melanie so, has actually fired an AR yeah yeah she probably yeah didn't she even did, she did anything. good yeah yeah that's pretty cool,
2: so how did it uh how did it go with uh me you know being out of the studio oh, I,
0: we had lots of fun at your expense,
2: yeah, that's what i heard
0: and I, and I was gonna skype you in, <laughs> but no.
2: I left. I left my phone in the bathroom on the charger and totally <laughs> blew it. So you should have called my wife. She always has her phone oh, on. her. Yeah, that would have helped.
0: Well, oh, well, we had a good time without you. Yeah, that's what I heard. And uh, so, yeah, did you listen to the show?
2: I did. I I, I listened to uh, most of it. I I got to go back and finish it. I got interrupted, but it's extremely good.
0: Yeah, I I like it. Uh, we got some good feedback on it too. I,
2: yeah, I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty interested in in Riley's takes on uh auth- authenticity of, of uh, authorship. authorship. Yeah. And so pretty awesome, man. <clears throat> yeah. He's learning a lot down there. Yeah,
0: and that was a that's a fun um a fun study anyway. I like deep studies like that. Um yeah. We had lots of fun with it.
2: I had uh, his mother told me that uh he and you are pretty much the same person. Really? She thinks. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. Wow. So,
0: that's scary for him. <laughs>
2: I'm like, you know, <laughs> they are really analytical. They need they need a shtick guy to, to help it out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, if it was just me and him every time, <laughs> it would get so dry <laughs> that everybody would be, like, turning us off.
2: NPR would be calling you and asking <laughs> to, to, to have you come yeah. on their show. I don't know.
0: I don't know if I'm quite that. But <laughs>
2: Do you ever watch that SNL skit with the NPR ladies? Uh, I don't guess so. And they're talking about, like, cooking. Yes, so um, today we are going to make some Swedish meatballs. <laughs> uh, it's so funny, man! You gotta check that out. Anyways, wow. That well, and
0: and uh, speaking of of. Fun shows and everything. When we get done with this... Oh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> we're about... The, the, okay, this is Thursday. Right. And we're actually recording on Thursday. Yes. Wow, go figure. That's
2: the first time <laughs> in like months.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, after we get done with this show... Right. We're going to call in to our friends over at the GCT Network. Yeah. and talk FCC. To Finding Christ in Cinema, Woo. where we're going to be guest starring...
2: With David and Brenton uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, we just can't get any names right. Oh my can
2: we? gosh. Michael and Brendan. Michael and Brendan. And <laughs> you're David. I'm just Michael and Brendan. Michael, and we'll go. probably
0: be calling them the wrong names right. too when we get on there.
2: So. Hey, Thor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like Thor. Thor's my favorite Avenger.
2: Really? Yeah. Mine's the Hulk.
0: Oh. Well, you know what? For this uh we're gonna do, be doing the Avengers movie. That's the, right. The twenty twelve uh Joss Whedon Epic.
2: Awesome and, epic, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so uh I was just thinking as we were watching that, and of course I don't want to. To uh, I mean, we're, we're we're promoing the show here, right? Okay, so we're not gonna we're not gonna give anything away. Sure. But one of the things I noticed about the show is that the Hulk plays a lot thematically into oh yeah into the show, like what we're ta- what, what we're going to talk about. Definitely. I think the, the Hulk played a big role in that. Yeah. And so I, I, when I first saw it, I didn't view the Hulk in that big of a in that big of a role, huh. but because of his nature and what we're going to be talking Dude, about,
2: I just had something <clears throat> about Lawton and just struck my brain. I have a really good thing to put in with what you're talking about. yeah. So you're going to have to tune in, yes, to uh, to Finding Christ in Cinema. Yeah, over so the if GCC you haven't Network. listened to it yet, oh man, because
0: it's always weird whenever we're doing this. Because that's right. <laughs>
2: Because it, it will be up. Yes, because time it's time,
0: time shifted the way right. these podcasts work. Yeah. So it's not live, obviously. <laughs> so we are going to record what you probably can already listen to in the iTunes store right. or wherever you're listening to uh, these these podcasts and go to go over there when you get done with us or you know if you're tired of us now stop and go over there and listen to it exactly because <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Avengers. it'll
2: be better anyways just go over there it's their see ju- you later it's their <laughs> jubilee episode too. yes 50 Fi- 50 episodes mm-hmm. wow yeah we're trailing yeah we're not quite there yet we're almost there yeah. didn't we start out above them though
0: no 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 they, okay, they started good. before us
2: all right good So we've been faithful. We just. Yeah, in
0: fact, we've, we've, uh, we haven't been as faithful as they have been.
2: No. (laughs) Because, because
0: we were like originally like three shows behind them. Right. And now we're like five.
2: (laughs) So what if we did like two episodes in the middle of the week? We could do that. Yeah, no. I'm joking. That's (laughs) not going to happen. Sorry, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah.
0: Anyways, so. So, all right. Oh, and so another thing that we got going miss a busy day. Yeah, because after that, like tonight,
2: we have a meeting. We're
0: going to be chatting about a retreat. You guys are doing
2: the Easter retreat. Yeah,
0: we're doing the Easter retreat. I'm so
2: excited. I'm taking a whole bunch of youth and we're going up. That was me. Sorry, I'll turn it off. Silence your phone. (laughs) I got a ding. Let's see. Oh, Tanner.
0: Sorry, Anyways, Tanner. Sorry, Tanner. you had out of luck. We're recording a show.
2: Yeah. Uh, so um, we, uh, we're we taking a whole bunch of youth, and we're going to take them out to Beaver's Bend, which is his awesome retreat center. Yeah. And we're going to spend the weekend, and we're going to tell them about Jesus. And I'm going to use David to do that. <laughs> hey! So David's going to so, uh, talk to a whole bunch of teenagers for me. And yeah. we're really excited about that.
0: You know, and and I guess the plan is to have Passover. Yeah,
2: right? we want to do the Passover cedar. Awesome. Awesome. So it's going to be so, epic, and yeah. how it can, you know fits into Jesus, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be really I cool. I can't wait. Anywho, anyways, so, so you know what? We need, we need to just get into it then. Yeah, let's do that. All right.
1: And now, the news.
2: So you have a couple news stories too, right? Yeah. I tell you what, I'll start with my two, and then I'll throw it to you. How about that? That, that sounds good. All right. The first one is kind of uh, interesting, the Presbyterian Church, the Presbyterian Church, um, the the only Presbyterian Church. No, there are a couple denominations of Presbyterians, but this sub denominations sub denominations. But this is America's largest Presbyterian denomination. I, I forget the name of it. It is the PCU Presbyterian CU. PC, Presbyterian Church USA. <laughs> That's what they call PC, the PC USA. Church. It's like politically correct church. Well, yeah, well exactly. And <laughs> we're going to get to that. Okay. America's largest Presbyterian denomination has approved an amendment to its constitution that officially changes their definition of marriage to include same-sex couples. Nice. Yeah. So last year, the Presbyterian Church approved a vote on an amendment to change their official definition of marriage from a man and a woman to two people traditionally a man and a woman. Known as Amendment 14F, the proposed change to the PCUSA's Book of Order got the necessary number of Presby votes on Tuesday. So, therefore, the Presby's are moving more to the left. Yeah. Uh, and they're, uh, they're deciding...
0: And they're taking the gaze with them.
2: That's right. Amendment 14F required approval from a major- majority of seven uh, uh, of the denominations, 171 regional districts or presbyteries. The church's 86th yes vote came Tuesday night from the Presbytery of the Palisades in New Jersey. After all regional bodies vote and top Presbyterian leaders officially accept the rules, the change will take effect June twenty one. And if I were John Piper, I would say, Farewell Presbyterians.
0: <laughs> yeah, what I was fixing to say, what would John Calvin have to say about that?
2: Uh he would go, um, they're not Presbyterians. He's like flipping over in his grave, right? <laughs> he really is. So uh you know I think he'd
0: be flipping over his grave about a
2: lot of things <sighs> that wear his name. <laughs> it's a, it's a shocking thing, and uh, we're we're moving ever so subtly towards that. That that left definition of, of marriage. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's still traditional. Well, uh,
0: and it gets me. Why is why does a church have a need
2: to what was what what's this that they're revising? What do they call this? This is their constitution, I believe. Hold on. The yep, it's constitution. It's denominational constitution. Okay.
0: So why and why exactly does a church have a need? to even write a constitution that defines marriage in it anyway.
2: Well, for us... Do you guys do that? Oh, yeah. And the reason we do, our church did, and the reason we do is because of legal ramifications. For instance, if there is a a gay couple that comes to our church and Mm -hmm. says we want to be married in your church, Mm -hmm. um, and our pastor or whoever says no uh, because we don't believe it's it's right, it's a sin, biblically, um, they can sue us. Right. Um, uh, unless we have it defined legally in our constitution that we believe marriage to be between one man and one woman under God, and, uh, and therefore uh, we nullify every oh, other.
0: Okay, I kind of get that. If it, but
2: we could lose our four hundred one c three because of it.
0: Oh. Oh, gotcha. Okay.
2: Yeah. So Tax it has subsets. a legal right. tie
0: to it. Okay, because let's to say. Like my my church doesn't do anything like that. Right. So I mean it's all, you know, up in the air. I mean, yeah. if someone was a suicide, okay, so what you sue us, we ain't got no money. Well, but.
2: politically, marriage is a, a today politically, marriage is a legal thing to begin with. Not, not a legal thing, but a tax thing. Right. To begin with.
0: So but how far do you take that? I mean, it's like there's a million things that the world can sue you for. You see,
2: and this is the this is the problem.
0: And you can't write all that down. You can't write down every. I just right. give them the Bible. And say,
2: this is what this is believe- my
0: constitution. That's right.
2: <laughs> well, and I, I agree with you. But here's here's our problem. When churches, and this is me getting on a soapbox real quick, right? But when churches decide to uh, take the four hundred one c three tax break, which is fine, our church does it. Right? Uh, they subject themselves to Uh, the legalities legalities of of it. That's right. Now, marriage, I don't think marriage should even be a a, a, a governmental defined institution to begin with. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't believe you should have to have a marriage certificate or a marriage license. (gasps) I don't because, (laughs) and people go, well, why do you, why do you have that? The, the only reason I can see is for a tax break. If you're married, you can file jointly. Yeah. You know well, what that's, I mean? That's
0: kind of the big argument that the uh, gay marriage thing exactly. is. Exactly. And my anymore.
2: thing is, you know what? If you want to be politically married, have that. <laughs> but I know Once again, God's definition it's church and state. Exactly. And so my thing is, is I know God's definition, and it doesn't matter if you have a piece of paper or rings or setting vows. What matters is, is it under God. And that's marriage to begin with, period. Yeah. God instituted marriage, in my belief. So what
0: about people that living together? They say, well, we're married in our heart.
2: No, they're not. Well. They haven't made a vow under God. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know, God is the only one that defines marriage. In other words, it's up to him to say, You're married or you're you're not married. It's not up to the church. It's not up to the pastor. It's not up to the state. It's not up to anybody else except for God. God ordained marriage. Yeah. Just like God ordains pastors.
0: We're making it more complicated than what it is.
2: Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? I don't yeah, because
0: no, this isn't the Bible. No,
2: and so if you have an opinion on this, go <laughs> ahead and feel free to call in and tell me how stupid I am. But that's fine. No, I don't and
0: think you're. I don't think you're. You're stupid. I just, it's I just. It's just the messed up world we live in, right? Because once again, we have to separate. I forget this whole the the phrase separation between church and state. We're constantly running into a a, a conflict between well, this is right. how the legalities of our nation and blah 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 blah, blah versus. And that ble- starts bleeding into our faith, you yeah. know, like you know, we've talked about before. And we're going to talk about it again today because a lot of the voicemails we're going to talk about deal with this stuff. Right. I it, guess I'm... It's that whole uh, God and country, or is it just God? Yeah. And country is, well, that's where I live, but that's not who I am.
2: And that's me. I'm, I guess if you would classify me politically libertarian all the way. In other words, you know what? You want to go do that stupid stuff... It's your choice. Yeah. You go do that and lead me <laughs> to my choice. And my choice is going to be to follow God and honor Him. You know what? I'm not going to try to oppose my junk on you, but you better not try to oppose your junk on me because I want to follow God. And that's pretty much, you know, it. So if you want to go and say that you're married and get a tax break, whatevs. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just, uh, I'm, I'm a Ron Swanson <laughs> for anybody that <laughs> watches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite show in the world, Parks and Rec. Yeah. But uh, Anywho. All right. The other one I have, uh, the other just despicable. All right. I'm just going to let you listen to this clip, and then I'll talk about it. Here okay. We go. All right.
0: Every Sunday, the Reverend Creflo Dollar packs him in under the World Dome, his 8,500-seat church outside Atlanta. The pews are filled. And so are the donation plates. The word of God
3: is the gateway to the world of wealth. The man whose last name literally means money in the United States
0: often suggests to his 30,000 parishioners, the more they give, the more God
2: will deliver financial blessings to them. All right, so this guy named Creflo Dollar. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, <laughs> but he is a very, very prominent pastor in our society, uh, mega church pastor. Uh, he has two mega churches. One's in like New York, and the other one's in. I think Alabama or something. Anyways, whatever. Uh, he's a name it, claim it pastor. Oh, okay. Uh, recently it's come <clears> under <throat> a lot of scrutiny and the reason past is the dollar. Yeah. Past the dollar. The reason is, is because
0: past, past the dollar,
2: <laughs> I don't know if you heard that God is the gateway to wealth. speech yeah, He just yeah. gave anyways. So the reason he's come under scrutiny lately is because on his website and Uh, In his churches, he presented a video basically asking his congregation to buy him something. And this something was a $65 million luxury Gulfstream G6 plane. Like a G6. Like a G6. Like a G6. (laughs) He said that God needs him to have needs him to have this plane to get from place to place so that he can minister God's word. Mm-hmm. And so if he wants to be an effective minister, then he needs this plane. But it's not just like, I don't know, a $1 million plane. It's a 65 million G6, a luxury <laughs> plane. There is a 10-year waiting list from celebrities trying to get a G6. Wow. And here he is asking his congregation so as soon as he came under scrutiny, surprise, surprise, the video disappeared off of his website, and uh, now he's backtracking a little bit because CNN is, CNN is just having a heyday with this guy. But uh, I just I think it's amazing that Mister Creflo has the the audacity uh, to claim that God wants him to have a G six luxury wow. Gulfstream. That's craziness. Uh, it's disgusting, but it
0: doesn't surprise me at all.
2: No, and by the way, his church—we're talking about the government tax exempt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah. So this G
0: six, yeah, it's a—it's pa- the doorway to wealth. That's right. It would Nobody be
2: tax exempt G six. Mm-hmm. How would that make you feel? <laughs> How much do I pay in taxes? Anyway, so uh, pretty interesting. Cool. But,
0: so. Okay, yeah, I got some stories this time. I want to hear them. I figured since, you know, we're just doing voicemail today, then we got time for this. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, one of my uh, favorite artists from the 80s, because I'm a child of that era. Amen. (laughs) Was Phil Collins, okay?
2: (laughs) I can feel it,
0: coming
2: in the air. Which, by the
0: way... How I even got to looking at this was because my son-in-law Stephen, who's been on the show before, yeah, he um, he sent me a link about that song. Oh, really? Because you know, okay, the
2: the there's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, about
0: well, the song. no, yeah. there's a, a uh, urban legend about right. that song right. that uh, Phil Collins actually watched uh, someone uh, from a distance. He, he saw someone drowning right. from a distance and someone who who didn't lend a hand. Right, And so... You
2: saw me
3: I'm drowning
2: <laughs> when not lend a hand. Right. So,
0: <laughs> so and then the, the story goes that, uh, that he calls this guy out. Like, he invites him to the concert, sings the song to his face, and the spotlight <laughs> is on this guy. And then the guy is so shamed by it that he commits suicide. Okay so wow. So that is the urban legend around this. Obviously none of that is true. Right. He wrote the song because of a divorce with his wife. Exactly. And he was having a hard time with with that. And true. he was He his best songs to me are his bitter divorce Mad songs. at my wife songs. Those <laughs> are the best songs. Like when he was in Genesis, he did uh That's all. Yeah. You know, and and which was awesome because yeah. he couldn't get along with his wife. <laughs> That's all. And then And then he's fed up, and he's like, "I don't care anymore." (laughs) That's one of the best songs that he did in the air. Okay, anyway, I'm I'm off I'm off track. (laughs) Okay, so Phil Collins. Yeah, Phil. Phil Collins. He's he's a British guy, right? Right. Lives in I think Switzerland now. Oh, really? He is now an honorary Texan. You're kidding me. Yes, we we have we have opened our arms to Phil Collins. I didn't know we could do that. Yes. We gave him citizenship of Texans, on, honorary Texan citizenship, and this is because, and this is so cool. Yeah, Phil Collins is a big fan of the Alamo. Like he's he's an Alamo, uh, we call it uh, um, aficionado. Oh, really? Okay? So yeah, that's like his he he. Uh, Watched Davy Crockett's Wild Frontier TV show back in the 50s. Yes, and he was a big fan of that. So, for his whole life, he's been a fan of the Alamo and he's always collected rare artifacts and stuff surrounding the Alamo. Wow. So, he's had like, um, he had uh, fans would even sell him things and give him things because they knew that he was into it. And so, he has like, he has, like, an original James Bowie, Bowie knife.
2: You're kidding
0: me. And he's got uh, a, 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 a Davy Crockett rifle. And, wow. all, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So, anyway, the guy uh, decides to donate his entire collection of Alamo uh, artifacts to the Alamo in San Antonio.
2: No way.
0: And so, because of this... Uh, of course, yeah. The Texans said thank you. And, we have to say yes. that's amazing. And so they uh, invited great. him to um, to Austin, to the to the capital, and sure. s- and basically gave him his Texas hood.
2: That's awesome. So
0: and yes, we are a republic, so we can do that.
2: That's right. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Phil Collins. Mr. Phil Collins. Yes, yeah, so I thought just, that was just a cool isn't story. Isn't he Sir Phil Collins? Too? Isn't he knight? <laughs> so might, he might be he the might first be. Texas knight. <laughs> That's amazing. That would be sweet. Yeah, that's cool.
0: (laughs) Remember the Alamo. Awesome. Okay, so uh, another story that I got. Yeah. San Francisco Church intentionally drenches homeless to chase them away. (laughs)
2: Really? Yes.
0: Wow. So San Francisco's St. Mary's Cathedral has found a novel way of showing love and mercy to the least of these.
2: (laughs) What are you reading this off of, by the way?
0: This is Relevant Magazine. <laughs>
2: okay, I love Relevant Magazine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they have some of the best articles in the world. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: so they have found a novel way of showing love and mercy to the least of these <laughs> by installing a water sy- watering system that floods their front steps, drenching anyone underneath it and, it, and any makeshift shelters that may have been set up there. Wow. They actually have signs in there that say, no trespassing a homeless man named Robert told the local news station KCBS. <laughs> We're going to get wet there all night.
2: <laughs> okay. They could just be trying to baptize them. I, uh, I don't know. but <laughs> so, This is so too. weird
0: to me. Because there are homeless outreaches, Christian outreaches for homeless people. Right. And this church is spraying them with water to get them off their steps.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: Now, uh, because since this story came out, they have uh, crawfished on this a sure. lot. Apparently, the system was installed specifically for spraying homeless people, and it actually would dump water—not just spray them—dump water out of out of the alcove or the uh, overhangs where they would where You're the homeless. Kidding would, me? No, nah, it was intentional to drench these people <sighs> and get them out of there. Their excuse was that. Overnight, people were leaving used-up needles and, uh, and, and unsanitary things yeah. like feces and whatever in their doorways and in, their, in the, the alcoves and stuff. And so the idea was for sanitary and uh, safety reasons was why they put it in.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Unbelievable. <laughs> so I can just see this meeting. What are we going to do about that? Hmm. Let's see. Why don't we just drench them? (laughs) (laughs) That's nuts. It's not. Why don't we maybe station somebody there to welcome them them in? Or why don't
0: we put a shelter by? That's right. Why don't we invest ourselves? People are coming to you. Okay. You're not even having to go to anybody. You know,
2: I don't know. Put a trash can out in a porta potty. Uh, no, let's drench them. Yes. <laughs> oh, man.
0: So there's a follow up story Church will stop intentionally drenching homeless people sleeping on their property.
2: That's nice.
0: So after their illegally installed sprinkler system designed to drench sleeping homeless people caught the attention <laughs> of the national <laughs> media. San Francisco's St. Mary Cathedral has had to change. had had to change a heart about the whole thing.
2: <laughs> That's sweet. That's <laughs> so, so nice.
0: It's so good that they have uh, changed their ways. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, it was uh, deemed as illegal, and um, <laughs> and he says that the bishop said that the church is a major supporter of services for the homeless in San Francisco, and that their drenching program was not to remove those persons. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to encourage them to relocate to other areas of the cathedral, which are protected and safe, so it was for their own good. Yeah. Okay.
2: Their drenching program.
0: Uh, so okay. So one one last thing of note: Portland is the America's most unreligious city in America. Yeah, I knew that.
2: Okay, just letting you know. Yeah. Thanks. I don't know. No, that's that's <laughs> absolutely true. Yeah, they're they're completely heathenistic out there in Portland. Yeah. As as new num- no no offense. I'm sorry, News, Portland. New no, I'm numbers
0: <laughs> show that Americans are losing their religion at record rates, and the Public Religion Research Institute looked at how religiously unaffiliated major cities across the U.S. were. Portland was far and away America's most non-religious city. Evidently, bicycle rights do not count as for, as a formal religion.
2: Huh?
0: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, wow. So, with forty two percent of all residents classifying themselves as unaffiliated, so anyway, huh. if you're thinking about moving to Portland, don't look for a church.
2: Start a church.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, there you go. So maybe, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. As Christians, why are we going
2: places that are church? I don't know. <laughs>
0: It's has got the places that need the
2: light. Man, when I went to Reno, it was a different culture. Nevada, <laughs> I'm telling you. And you, you read the statistics, it's one out of every ten people you pass is, uh, claims to be a believer. Mm-hmm. One in ten in Reno. And Portland is worse than that. Yeah.
0: So if you're looking for, if you're a Christian and looking for a place to settle, go to Portland. That's right. They need you there. Yeah.
3: Woo! <laughs>
0: okay, so while we were gone, people called us. Yeah, they did, because we were in Haiti. Yeah, and um, and we, well, actually, the week before we went, we got some calls too, but we weren't uh, we weren't doing shows even then, right? Because <clears throat> we had um, right <laughs> we had uh, a, a mini so the week before, and uh, so so anyway, as a result, we do have some feedback. Uh, Before I forget, I want to read a piece of feedback we got from last week's show. Okay. So this is coming from our Facebook page, which, by the way, come follow us. That's right. Or like us, whatever you want to call it, on Facebook. And uh, because we post uh, the show notes there and links to the GCTNetwork.com, where we have all of our information. And uh, so anyway, last week's show, as you recall... Was our guest host, Riley, and I talking about who wrote the Bible. Yeah. So we have some feedback from, I believe, a mutual friend of you and Riley's. <laughs> Kenneth Manhorn wrote...
2: Yes, Kenneth.
0: Yes. As a Baylor Seminary grad, I'm impressed with how deep y'all got into the subject matter. Pretty well done. Authorship can be very tricky since we all make assumptions about the text and the times. Riley did very well for a young student. He already knows more than many pastors and professional ministers. So good kudos there. Yeah, for that's awesome.
2: Kenneth, of course, he's a pastor <coughs> at a, a small congregation in Bell, Texas. Great, great man. So thanks, Kenneth, for that input. And I tell you, yeah, Riley uh, far exceeds expectations as far as that's concerned. And, man, he's a huge blessing in my life, and, uh, and I'm sure David's also. Yeah,
0: we enjoy having him on the show. Yeah, and, it was awesome. And, and chatting and all that. Okay, so uh, speaking of Riley, yeah, uh, most of our voicemails are going to be coming from his mom. <laughs> Which is awesome
2: I love it And and you know what I almost
0: did I almost made him deal with (laughs) her voice last week Because I thought that would be so cool Oh, But then I decided not to put him under the gun like that That would have been hilarious
2: though You totally should have
0: Okay so uh, Riley's mom's name is Meredith Yes and uh, We're having
2: a dance party on Friday Yes
0: and y'all are, yeah, because y'all share a birthday or something. We like do. That.
2: It's our birthday it was last Saturday, so we're having a dance party this Friday, oh. for it. Yeah, we've already set up the whole list. It's awesome. Cool. It's epic. Anyway, well,
0: anyways, uh, she she has been binge listening to the Theonauts. Yeah,
2: which is awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so some of her comments date back in to uh, to previous episodes, and so. Uh, we may have a hard time remembering what we were even talking about. Yeah. Or some opinions we may have cast
3: <laughs>
0: out into the to the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> That's now permanent record. That's the bad thing about doing this, you know.
2: Uh, oh, I know. Somebody can look it up it's and go, always why did you
0: say this? <clears throat> it's in the air tonight.
2: Right. <laughs> So you're a libertarian <laughs> who doesn't care about gay marriage? Right. Wait,
0: Wait. yeah, that ah. was there. Yeah, you said it, and ah. it's
2: part of it's public Dang
0: record him. at this point. <laughs> Can't take it back. So anyway, uh, if we can remember what we were talking about, yeah, then we can kind of uh, give her some feedback on her feedback. Sure. Okay. So ready? Here we go. Hey guys, it's Meredith,
1: and um, I was just listening to. Episode 27, I think. I know I'm kind of behind on this. But the one I was listening to was the one about the American Christianity pitfalls. And so I had a few thoughts for y'all, so I thought I'd throw them out here. Uh Stephen had said to y'all something about, you know, why is it that Christians are always the paranoid ones about, oh, Ebola's coming in and, Isis is coming in, and you know the sky's falling, and all that. Well, my thoughts on that, and I'm just speaking from you know my little realm of the world and but also you know, I listen to a lot of talk radio so i I do hear a lot of people commenting on these things, and um my idea on that is, you know maybe Christians aren't being paranoid, maybe Christians are just paying attention to what's going on in the world and um recognizing the fact that there is a battle for good and evil out there and it's real and it really affects people causing people to suffer and horrible things to happen and so I don't necessarily know if Christians are paranoid I think maybe they're just they really see that there's problems and they're not just you know entertain me and let me look on Facebook. Let me watch some TV. They're really saying, Hey, there's things going on this, in this world that matter. So we need to pay attention to them. We need to call evil evil. We need to call good good. And, um, because politics do matter, you know, politics determine whether unborn babies get to be murdered. And so it is important for Christians to speak out and say, Hey, this is a problem hey, if we let this happen, look what could follow from that, you know, the different brief love arguments, which we have seen come true in lots of ways. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's fair to say that Christians are paranoid. I think they are just, they realize that there are weighty things happening and that they need to be talked about. And that, yes, ISIS could come to America, Our kids could have their head chopped off. So, you know, not that we have to go hide in a cave, but we also have to encourage our leaders to, you know, take action when appropriate to fight evil. We can't just, you know, freak out and collapse into a heap, but we, we can, we also have to speak out, you know, just like in Europe in 1938, 1939. Maybe they were being paranoid, but guess what? What they said really
0: did come to pass. Okay. She got cut off because there's right. like a, there's like a three minute limit.
2: Okay. Wow. wow.
0: So so she was uh, very opinionated right. about an opinion you gave.
2: Yes. Was it me that gave that opinion? I
0: don't know. I I, I don't remember, remember who it was. I can't remember. You said that Christians were paranoid.
2: Yes. No yes. <laughs> so, And I still think they are. Okay. But I totally agree with her. Um, on certain facts. I believe an app merited thank Number one, thanks for the yes, input. Th- thank
0: you very much for calling. Don't stop calling us. Exactly. It's we, awesome. We want to talk to you more.
2: Um, I totally agree with her in the fact that uh, um, we need to be wise. Uh, the Bible calls us to be wise as serpents mm-hmm. and harmless as mm-hmm. doves. And we need to, uh, to analyze the times so and we really need to, to be watchful. Right, Uh, right. uh, The Bible admonishes us to be watchful and and to look for the signs uh, that Christ is coming back. Um, However, I don't think that we need to be paranoid about it. And the reason I don't is because we know the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And the end result is those who are found in Christ uh, have an everlasting... We've read the
0: end of the book. That's right. And guess what?
2: we win we win <laughs> that's right and the reality is <laughs> so, you know and there are a lot of a lot of horrible things going on mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that we don't need to be socially conscious socially active. Absolutely. I believe as a Christian we're called to be socially conscious and active. Abortion is a terrible issue. Right. She brought that right. one up. Right. Um, that, that is has murdered more, more people than, and I'm not going to say even unborn babies. I'm going to say murder more people, more human lives. Yeah. 50 some odd million. That's right. Then, uh, then the, uh, the Holocaust 10 times over. It's, mm-hmm. it's a bad mm-hmm. situation. Um, and we need to be as active kingdom citizens, actively participating in in trying to right that yeah. wrong.
0: I agree. I don't. I don't think that uh, 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 Meredith. I don't think that that you're disagreeing with us at all. Sure. I mean, I think this is <clears throat> this is kind of what we what, what we. I can't remember the specific context in which we were talking about all this, but um, but I, I do know th- that. We would never call for people to be ignorant of what's going on around them, Absolutely. or not to be watchful, or not to be ready for for anything. Um, the, the, I think here's the here's the key for me is that we should not worry. Okay. Yes. Be anxious for nothing. Isn't that what Paul told the Philippians? That's right. Be anxious for nothing, but with everything, go to God with thanksgiving, so that He can give you the peace that passes. All understanding. Amen. Okay, this has nothing to do with how watchful we are. You can so as as long as we are uh, confident in where God is, that God is in control of it. Even even if it is something that that from a human aspect is scary,
2: right? We
0: can't let that rule us exactly. And and I think that's just what we were probably observing was was that people have a tendency to play chicken little, the sky's falling. Okay. Ebola is a perfect example. Right. Because we were apparently talking about this during the Ebola outbreak. What was that? Six months ago or something yeah. like that. And where's Ebola today? <laughs> Who's, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it's not that it wasn't worth noting.
2: Yeah. And, and also, but I'd, it wasn't worth worrying. Exactly. About. And I would, I'd like to also point out the fact that, you know, people were so scared about that, 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 that they weren't sending we weren't sending over missionaries uh with uh ministry aid mm-hmm. you know it was just mm-hmm. one of satan's little tricks to me that these things are these things when we get caught up in worry and stress and 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 fear for our own lives um we uh we stop ministry right in a lot of ways right.
0: well, I, I actually know people that have stopped going to certain countries because the countries are getting scary right. Uh, you know a lot of people uh, you know going to Mexico, a lot of people now aren't going to Mexico because of uh, the cartels and the things that have risen up over there. Well, you know it, that I don't see that type of mentality in the early Christians. I see right. I see them dying for what they believed in. And so it's not to say that we should not be aware of the times or politically involved. It's just that you can push that too far. You you can go overboard with it, where you are obsessed with
2: with it. Right. So, and you know, it's an American mindset to, I think, make sure that we're safe and comfortable Mm -hmm. in our own little niche in the world with our two point five kids and our dog and our <laughs> white picket fence. And, uh, you know, I just don't believe that that's what Christ calls us for. Uh, you know, Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be given unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of, of its own. Mm-hmm. You have uh, where he talks about uh, are not Tuesdays, Sparrows, you know, sold for a penny, and yet, or what does he say? Uh, and yet, God knows. are <laughs> I think you're getting your sparrows. I am mixed up. totally mixed up. <laughs> Something about one sparrow die. I can look this up. Right, right. Schrefer. His one, eye is on the sparrow. You could just sing that. Song. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just sing that. Here we go. No, about a sparrow falling to the ground and dying, and you know, and God, God watches over. God watches over yeah, the right. the least of these is what he's saying. Yeah. The. Uh, and what I translate that to is this: that if we die tomorrow, it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's what that verse is saying, right? right. Pretty much, it's it's okay <coughs> if you die tomorrow because yeah. again. So the question is: the
0: how end. do we react exactly. to the news and whatever of today? Is it is it a knee jerk reaction? Hey, let's move to the mountains. Let's 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 buy us a, a bomb shelter or you know whatever because ISIS is coming. Or is it? I am going to preach the gospel even in even if Isis gets in my way right and even if they kill me because of it or right whatever. so I think we're on the same page exactly it, it's 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 just uh, about uh, maintaining that balance between being aware of your surroundings and being aware of Satan's involvement and and dark times being yeah. don't be uh, ignorant to those things right. but at the same time don't go don't go crazy <laughs> and, and lose your mind about it
2: uh, yeah, I was I was just thinking something else. Also, we we talk about the political aspect of, again. I that's, with abortion, abortion's wrong. We need to vote uh, according to what Scripture mm-hmm, says. Mm-hmm. But but I'm going to tell you one thing: uh, if you're hoping uh, for our government to thwart ISIS, or you're hoping for our government to stop. Uh, inhumanity mm-hmm. uh, or to stop uh, war or to stop uh, uh, murder or to stop you know all these terrible atrocities your hope is in the wrong place mm-hmm. um, because the government is not going to save us right uh, now,
0: and, and I'm all for legislating against abortion right uh, I'll vote for that I'll even pursue that to some degree but the, but as we've stated before I really believe that, uh, the work on that The most of the work on that Needs to happen at the grassroots level yeah. It needs to be from the ground up People need to be So conscious about that That it won't even come to a vote Or, or whatever right. now, I know we're a long way from that yeah, we But are. if we're going to expend our energy That's where it needs to be right. And changing hearts Not changing laws right. Even though I do think changing laws Will help yeah. I don't think it's the answer.
2: Well, yeah, and definitely the answer is uh, mostly converting other people to Christianity. Right. That's right. the answer. Yep. Uh, we need to be expending our. You real know, Christianity. Yeah, real Christianity. We need to expend our efforts on, you know, teaching people the gospel once they get a hold of the gospel and they they grasp the gospel man mm-hmm. their whole worldview changes right you know and we don't have to imagine how we wouldn't have to worry about legislation if people got a hold of the gospel and their worldview changed. right that's right. in fact how the early uh church in america was you know established that's why we had universities and all this other stuff mm-hmm. uh, was because people converted the gospel and uh <laughs> and because of that you know we had all this legislation passed right, It's pretty right. awesome so we need that again we don't need to fight against the people we need to convert the people <laughs> right right so
0: okay so we want to let meredith continue yes okay here we go
1: okay i actually out talked your your voice now so <laughs> to my next topic okay the next topic was you are you're kind of talking about patriotism versus christianity and whether those or compatible or at odds with each other and here's my thoughts on that one um, you know we have to just i think we have to look at it as the ideal state of things versus the actual state of things And i mean of course i know that god is more concerned with you know spiritual eternal things but we also have to admit that god does desire an ideal here on earth that's why You know, he gave us laws and standards to live by and he expects Christians to live by those ideals because he knows that humans do better under these type of conditions. So I think when you look at the founding father's ideals of, you know, right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, we could kind of argue about the pursuit of happiness thing. But I think of the life and liberty, I think that is God's ideal for us. You know, physically as well as as spiritually, life is important to God. You know, that's why the sanctity of life issue is such a big deal. It does matter. Life does matter. And liberty, I think we were created to be free on earth as well as in heaven. Now, of course, that's not always the way it is. So if we do find ourselves a slave, then yes, God has instructions for us in that case. But I don't think that, you know, revolting or rebelling is always necessarily a bad thing because it comes to a point where sometimes the government is unjust. And I think we are called sometimes to stand up because if we always bow down and say, well, you know, that's just the way it is, we just have to, you know, get along with the way our government is, the problem with that is if if we don't have these rights and freedom, we know what that descends to. You know, it descends into governments doing horrible things to people and this the despotism that takes over and where actually people, their property is taken, which is stealing. People are killed. You know, all sorts of injustices go on. So... And, you know, we're called to stand up against those things. So it's not only just fighting for, oh, these are our rights. We get to have these. The reason we have to stand up for those, quote, quote, rights is because the opposite of that, when power gets out of control, its people really do suffer, you know, real-life suffering. So, anyway, in conclusion to that um, segment, I would say I don't think it's, I don't think you necessarily have to say that patriotism goes against Christianity because I think they go hand in hand. You know, of course, the spiritual side is always more important. But the truth is, you know, even in a free country, people still need Jesus. Even in, you know, a capitalistic society with small government and freedoms, left and right and wealth and prosperity, People still need Jesus just as much as they do in, you know, horribly oppressed countries or poor countries. And so I don't think that, you know, the two necessarily are mutually exclusive. And, of course, you know, the church does grow under persecution. I I do agree with that. But that's just because of our laziness, you know, (laughs) and our are getting used to being comfortable, which comes from a, quote, quote, freer country. So, anyway, um, I just, I think it's not necessarily two contrasting things. So, those are my thoughts just to throw out there. And um, y'all can uh, let me know what you think and keep up the great work. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.
0: Okay. So man, you just you're just making Meredith leave us all these messages. That's awesome I mean,
2: comments. Thank you Meredith <laughs> so much for your for your comments. That's Jer- awesome.
0: Jeremiah, I know he got it y'all spun up. <laughs> totally.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the life liberty the pursuit of happiness is with David over here. When you point one finger, you point have three point back. Well, no, that's, that's a gr- I agree with that. These are so. uh these are great um great arguments yeah let's see which one to address first um I'll I'll address the freedom I think one okay sure jump first? jump into that all right Romans 6 okay uh no Romans 7 okay starting in verse 16. do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves you are slaves to the one whom you obey either of sin which leads to death or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you were once slaves to sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become slaves to righteousness. Hmm. Hmm. He's saying, I'm speaking in human terms... Because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin... You become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification, and it's in eternal life. Mm -hmm. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I bring that up to say this. I don't believe as humans we were ever born to be free as, as we are taught in America. We were born to serve somebody. Right. We're, we're always going to serve somebody. We, we all, uh, yeah, uh, of course, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Bob Dylan says it best. You're going to serve somebody, you know? Yeah. And the rea- reality is, is you're either going to serve your own desires, your own passions, or you're going to serve God. But you will never have quote-unquote freedom, real freedom. Freedom. Right. Uh, when we say freedom is found in Christ, what we mean is freedom from sin and death. Yeah. We don't mean absolute freedom. When we <laughs> serve God, we're doing what we were intended and what, what we were created to do. So this whole idea of uh, ingrained freedom, uh, as you say, um, is is not. I don't believe biblical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are we are freed in Christ to be slaves yeah to 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 god and that's the reality now here's the cool thing god doesn't call us slaves anymore but he calls us brothers but even then we are still subjected to god the father and serve him that's our call so we can't say that that we can we should have freedom ever right well and yeah, I kind of have to keep going back. I I've,
0: I've only recently had this type of opinion um, because I mean I've always been like a huge patriot uh, in yes this is God's will for America and you know that whole thing uh, God and country and all this and I and I, I think what we've done is we've overloaded um, we've put we've over injected God into this equation uh, you know I, obviously I think it is God's will. That uh, our country is where it is for his purposes, not necessarily for our freedom. Uh, so, um, I, I think it's
2: a. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get killed for this. But so I, Mer-
0: Meredith is gonna be mad at you.
2: Yeah, probably. I, I really. <laughs> but here's my here's my really my belief. Uh, we were born into an ideology of God and country, right? when we really should have been born into an ideology of Christ and kingdom. Uh, and the problem is, is we were fed. Um, and, okay, hear me out. I, I do believe that that our government was founded on, quote, unquote, Christian principles. Mm-hmm. But let me just bring up some things. Let's talk about Wounded Knee for a second, where we slaughtered over 500 Men, women, and children, Indians, in the name of God. Let's talk about Manifest Destiny, where we imprisoned multiple millions of, of or thousands to millions of mm. Indians in the name of God in the pursuit of white American freedom and oppressed Indians. Let's talk about. Um, the Spanish-American War let's i mean we were founded upon some pretty bloody conflicts that if i believe jesus were standing there he would have gone no i don't i don't think that's right and mm. i um i i don't believe well
0: freedom is not free no it's not and and it did come at a at a at a high cost and yeah. some of that in like you said some of these these situations which are not favorable for us to even remember, you exactly. know, or to, uh, but, and um, we like to
2: forget and yeah. that's a, that's a problem. So, well,
0: and I want to go back more than 200 years because we've only been around, you know, as a country, a free nation for a little over 200 years. Right. So it's, it's like, let's broaden our view of history. Okay. And step away from America just for a minute and look at the history of the world in terms of freedom. When has there ever been a nation like what we experience right now? I, I, I don't know historically that you there can really find hasn't it. Been, no. um,
2: Rome's close, but even Rome subjected people to its Rome, rule. Rome
0: was very barbaric. Yeah. I mean, and the people of it were not
2: Greece, kind they of. They could
0: not worship freely. Right. Um, but, but here's, I guess, what I'm getting at is especially from a historic start with Jesus moving forward we never see like in the time of jesus it was a very persecuted time yeah there was a lot rome was um you know as as meredith mentioned in her in in her voicemail that we if we don't as christians do something in here in america there could be oppression and there could be innocents that are um that are 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 subjugated or uh, oppressed or whatever and just like we mentioned in our war episode, I'm all about standing for justice for the weak. Exactly. However, Rome was doing that too. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about uh, under Nero. I mean, <laughs> Christians were slaughtered. Yeah. You had um, ISIS was nothing. Children were raped. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. It was perfectly uh, politically correct to own a young boy as a servant for your pleasures, right. whatever they may be. Uh, so this was an evil time. and it was a, yeah. If there was any a need to rise up and to defeat the, the nation, that would have been it. But we never see a call from Jesus to do that. We, in fact, here, 1 Timothy, uh, this is Paul writing to Timothy about how to deal with the people in Galatia. Right. And uh, and so he says in in chapter six, uh, verse one, all who are slaves under a yoke should show respect to their masters. So no one will speak against God's name and our teaching. The slaves whose masters are believers should not show their masters any less respect because they are believers. They should serve their masters even better because they are helping believers they love. You must teach and preach these things. Anyone who has a different teaching does not agree with the true teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that shows the true way to serve God. This person's full of pride and understands nothing, but is sick with a love for arguing and fighting about words, and this brings jealousy and fighting and speaking against others, etc., etc. So his point is that the the natural thing here of a slave... Who has found Christ would be I'm free, right? Right. But but Paul is explaining what you're free from. You're not free from your from your slave owner. Right. You're not you're not free from your master. You still are in the same condition you were in when you came to me, except for you've been freed internally. You've been freed spiritually. Right. And and the response that you have as a slave is to honor the master even. More exactly, even if that matter is oppressive
2: well and the the whole point of this is is that uh Christ had a revolutionary mindset mm-hmm. uh he was a revolutionist, in other words he he had a kingdom uh that was different than than Rome and even different than the uh the Hebrew government that was over him, right he had a kingdom, and he had a revolutionary plot, and this is was his revolutionary plot. It wasn't go gather a bunch of swords and slaughter a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and then take over the land, and set up my kingdom. Yeah. It was infiltrate the people group, loving them, and showing them Christ. Right. So that by your love, and by your uh, your service and care, they will come to know who I am, mm-hmm. and it changes them. Um and it's an eternal mindset versus a physical mindset, right? Uh, you know, a temporal mindset versus eternal mindset. So, well, and
0: and let's think about the the uh, the colosseums for a minute. Right. We have like Fox's Book of Martyrs gives us plenty of of stories about things that have happened in those colosseums with Christians and et cetera, right. et cetera. One of the things that set Christians apart from everybody else. Most people, when they were thrown into a coliseum to either fight against a gladiator or to fight against a wild beast or anything like this, their natural response was, I must free myself from this situation. Yeah. Right? Run, scream, whatever, fight, whatever it is uh, to survive. And that's what created the entertainment. Right. Was the combat, the come and, and, and the, the terror right. and the, the help me uh, yeah. mentality. Uh, I must free myself. The Christians, however, did not provide that to the audience. What they provided was subjugation right. They would come in there and they would stand proudly and allow themselves to be killed to allow themselves to be burned at the stake yeah. and they would not fight back right. and This had such a huge impact on the audience that there are documented conversions from people going to Coliseums and watching Christians die, yeah. And so that doesn't happen from Isn't there
2: one guy that just ran headlong in the lions, right, you right know,
0: and and so it I think that we've lost a lot of that because of our complacency, like Meredith mentioned we we have gotten into a complacent state where as even as Paul was telling Timothy there also that selfishness comes out of out of your desire to liberate yourself yeah so um so anyway i I don't think that this is not really a debate to me. This is a discussion because um, I don't have the answers to this. Right. And I don't think, you know, and Meredith wasn't claiming to have answers to it fully either. She's sharing her, her thoughts on it and her (laughs) insights on it. So what our charge to you as listeners is, is this is to provoke you to think and to provoke you to study. And so, um, and, and to formulate your ideas about it.
2: Yeah. I just, um, I just keep going back to the, the truth of the matter is that if if we're if we're Christians, born again uh, followers of Christ, then we're going to follow Christ. It's in the definition mm-hmm. of what a Christian is. The definition of a Christian is somebody who's subservient yeah. to a master, and so we we actually choose to be subservient mm-hmm. um, to lay your freedom down. I mean, to lay in our in freedom cases, down. Right. That's right. The, that's the very denotation of, of a Christian and he doesn't call us to I don't believe I've never seen him call us to carve out our own little country and call it Christian country and put up borders and defenses all around it and keep everybody else out especially maybe ISIS who wants to cut <laughs> off our heads or you know other yeah. other groups that that kill babies, uh, or gay marriage, or all these other things. We would
0: have to leave the world as
2: Paul tells the exactly. We don't. That's not what we're called to do here. We're called to be a light in a dark place. Exactly. We're yeah. called to go and do what he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, if God says Jeremiah, I want you to go over to Pakistan to get your head cut off by ISIS. Wow. Well, let me know if that happens. I don't think it will. <laughs> I hope not. You know, but and I, you know, and I don't think that that's a, I don't know, that's a really interesting study. Yeah, I, I will tell you this: in Revelation, we do have that God has marked down a set number of martyrs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, if He is marked down a set number of martyrs, what does that mean? He has chosen a number to be completed of, of people to be killed for His name. Yeah, that's a shocking thought, right Mm -hmm. there. So, anyways,
0: well, we'll leave that we'll leave that up in the air, and uh, let's let's go to our next voicemail, shall we?
3: Oh, come on! I know you're there. Pick up the phone. Okay, this is Ron (laughs) Ron from Georgia, and I just want to tell you I really enjoy your podcast and uh, listen to them two or three times, and especially this last one had to go back and listen to it again while I was. Doing some work around the house. Um, I have a question for you. Uh, Christian friends of mine at work, uh, we all have our guns and our hobbies and everything else. Now, some of them are really, really paranoid and uh, are sure the government's going to come take their guns and lock up all the Christians and everything, but they uh, they swear they'll never give up their guns and if that happens and they're they're free to openly rebel and they're, you know, uh, our rights are gone, such as that. Well, i told them, and it, I, I've got to say I'm in the minority here. I said, if the government wants to take my guns, and they have the right to do so through whatever, you know, executive order or whatever, that I'm, I'm going to surrender them rather than to get into bloodshed over over uh, a piece of property. Now, I would like to know what you guys take on it. Uh, also, you really should upgrade to a Beretta. Anyway, <laughs> thank you also for, uh, uh, tackling the issue of the, uh, uh Southern Baptist, uh, statement, uh, about the gay marriage and, and the, uh, courts in Alabama. Uh, I appreciate you clear, clarifying that and, uh, making it a lot more easily understood because I can see how people would have a knee-jerk reaction to it. So, uh, thanks for doing a great job again you uh, your wonderful servants of Christ, and I hope you have a great trip to Haiti. God bless. This is Ron. We'll pick up next time, okay?
2: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, man. I'll tell you what. Next time, if you want to message me, you can, I'll give you my phone number. Not, not over <laughs> the phone. Then you can really call me. But that's awesome so, to hear from you.
0: Yeah, Ron of the Red Oaks there calling in. Us. Okay, so there seems to be an <laughs> ongoing theme. Here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's almost God and War Part Whoa, 2. Yeah, where it's like...
0: Uh, yeah You got a government part two Yeah it's like the, the spirit wanted us <laughs> to discuss this stuff again Yeah um, Well We're both gun lovers right Amen I mean yeah I like to fire my gun I'm looking
2: for a shotgun if you have any uh, recommendations Yeah yeah I
0: still like my revolver Honestly but <laughs> Dirty Harry, huh <laughs> you got it
2: Make my day yeah. Yeah, Punk <laughs>
0: That's great <laughs> I know what you're
2: thinking <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> now I have to go watch that movie. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: But okay, so on the issue of Christians and guns, yes. Well, and this is uh, kind of a um, uh, a piggyback off of some of what we've just discussed about uh, if the government comes and takes my guns from me, well, take, pull it from my cold dead hand um, type of mentality. <laughs> is that the mentality of a Christian, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, I'm I've got to say I'm going to be in the minority with you, Ron. I love my guns. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it and it's a privilege to have, but you know what? I love a lot of other little creature comforts I have here that aren't promised to me as rights. I don't like from God. I, and, and so if push came to shove and someone stole that stuff from me and took that stuff from me. I'm not, I'm probably going to be in the same boat, you know, as you on that.
2: Man, I, uh, I'm gonna chalk this one up to I don't know, and the reason I say that is this. Yeah, okay. Part of me says, yeah, I'd, I'd have to give up my guns. I just would, because I don't believe that this is a um, this goes against God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only time I really see to rebel is number one, when it goes against God and what He desires for me personally. I'm not talking about gay marriage, although that I believe does go against God. I'm talking about for me personally, if the government was to tell me something that mandated that I do something that directed me to go against the Holy spirit, then I couldn't do it. Um, but this, I don't believe does. Or if the government endangered my family or endangered the lives of others around me or, were killing like, uh, the Nazis yeah. doing with the Jews, um, in that respect, I feel a lot safer with a gun in the house. <laughs> and I think that it almost endangers my family <laughs> right? not to have one. Right, but that right. is my American mentality. And what I think is, well, <laughs> if they take our guns, America, number one, that would be the really the stupidest thing that the government ever did yeah. because that leaves us just vulnerable. Imagine... They take our guns and then China attacks. Tomorrow. Oh,
0: Texas will be a republic again. Oh, it will
2: in a heartbeat.
0: Texas yeah. would rebel. <laughs> so
2: I don't have. Here's the answer to this one, Ron. Move to Texas. Yes. <laughs> Defect from
0: that Georgian state.
2: That's right. Well, Georgia I have a is feeling.
0: Georgia is actually a Russian name. So. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> No, don't take offense to that do No't In please. fact,
2: I really do believe that Georgia and <laughs> Alabama and some of these other southern states would affect right along with us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you would have
0: to be under Texas law.
2: Yeah, that's right. But you know what, you'd want to be
0: <laughs> Yeah, but you know what we need to take back our our California property too. <laughs> I mean our uh, not California
2: Colorado yeah, property. That's right, yeah, because that used to be Texas yeah. too. Texas Manifest Destiny. Exactly. (laughs) Long live the Republic. Okay. Anyways,
0: (laughs) Phil Collins would be right on our side. That's right. We'd have a
2: night. I. uh, So I don't know. I I just have to say I don't know. I probably would bury my guns. Yeah. I would. I would put them someplace where I wouldn't uh, have them on me or in my house, but they would be on my property, someplace in a burlap sack. (laughs) Buried and ready for me to fight yeah. Should the the cause arise yeah. So
0: Well that's cool Yeah. Okay are we ready for it. our next one? Yeah bring it on Meredith is calling us again Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> <There>. <laughs> hey
1: guys it's Meredith And yeah. um, we are in Haiti right now And it sure is nice to hear your voices On the Theonauts Even though I can't hear them in real life But I'm praying for you guys But I've I just listened to episode 17 about the evidence for the resurrection, and it was really great. And, uh, David, you mentioned that y'all did in your youth camp in Rio um, a time when you had the kids sit around and pretend like they were sharing their faith with an atheist and, you know, just had them practice how they would approach someone, and I was thinking that would be great to do on an episode, just have some real people come up up there and just, Try that out, and, um, you know, because I think we all need to do that. I know I do, and the youth should try to do that, too. Anyway, I thought that would be a great exercise, and even if you didn't broadcast it, just an exercise maybe for a Monday night Bible study or something. And then also I wanted to say I love Professor Ticklebottom. That was pretty funny. I hope (laughs) I hear that again. All right, guys. I hope to see you all soon. Bye.
0: Okay, so that that was easy.
1: <laughs>
0: so, Professor Ticklebottom I love you a, Meredith. You're so awesome. Professor Ticklebottom has a fan. He is, you know. Professor Ticklebottom. And and you know and and so Ron
2: <laughs> tells us, worst idea ever. It's the best idea ever, Ron. <laughs> I told you a long time ago. Jeremiah has not been letting me out. I've been wanting to speak. <laughs> Professor Ticklebottom's back. All right. Sorry, <laughs> so wrong. We, we,
0: we need another mini. Right. Right. So that's Professor Ticklebottom. So I like the role playing idea. That's, that's cool. Um, we should totally do the, that. The only problem I got in this from the negative standpoint of, of what we kind of experienced when we did that was it does kind of put the kids on the spot. Uh, and so we, we kind of did it as a volunteer thing. Like oh yeah. If you want to try this, you know, whatever, but, but then again, part of the exercise was to get people out of their comfort zones. Right. So, I don't know. There's some there's some pros and cons to it. And you know, like when when I would play the Devil's Advocate, I would give them depending on how astute they were, I mean, I'd give them some pretty heavy atheistic arguments and stuff yeah. like that that I've encountered over the years. And so it was it was an interesting exercise. Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll do that.
2: Definitely. It sounds fun. It does sound fun. So. so, tell me that's the last one. That is the last. Oh my goodness! One. My brain's exhausted so, already. Yes. We haven't even gone to Finding. Well, cinema.
0: it was, it was, it was a blast though. To it was to actually uh, have a voicemail show. Yeah, where it's like, okay, we so got refreshing. a lot of feedback. So yeah. keep those calls coming, Meredith and, yes, and Ron and definitely. everybody else out there. Um, that we got some other friends out there that have left messages before. Haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, give us a call. Tell us what you're thinking.
2: Um, and uh, definitely give us some feedback on today's episode. Let us know. You know where you stand on that. This seems to be a very hot button button issue, and not yeah. just for me and and, uh, and and Meredith and and David and Ron. And Ron, but. For a lot of people, where do you stand on the government and Christianity? It's yeah, a, it's an interesting. I, and I got to tell
0: you, I'm still torn about it. It's still a, it's still a thing with me because yeah. it's hard not to separate God and country sometimes. Yeah, and it. I mean, we're we are raised in that mentality. Yes, yeah. it's, it's.
2: I'd like to. I'd like to say. I tell you, what, I am thankful. More than anything else, especially yeah, after visiting I want, Haiti.
0: I, I don't want my freedoms taken away. That's right. <laughs> uh,
2: God has blessed us, and, and we need to be responsible with that blessing. Good
0: stewards. We right. are here where we are, so let's be good stewards while That's we're here. Right. right. So, Well, the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more and to partner with us, Visit us at gctnetwork.com and subscribe to the newsletter there to stay up to date on the latest from all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema, which, by the way, woo, go over there and listen to it, because we're going to be there in just That's a few right. minutes.
2: There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at thegctnetwork.com.
0: Or call us on our voicemail line, and you may be featured on a show as well at 972-
2: Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. Don't forget to leave us a comment there and rate us. Tweet to us
0: on Twitter using at Theonautical or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts.
2: Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah,
0: thanks for being here. Hey, thank you, David. All right, and God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270.
2: We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission www.gctnetwork.com This is your Great Commission Transmission. This is your Great Commission Transmission.